Ready? Born ready. It, it creates more of a short-term or temporary move where the artist will get their rights back in full a lot sooner than that 35-year uh, time period. So, for instance... You want to waste my time? Okay. I call my lawyer. He's such a good lawyer that by tomorrow morning, you're going to be working in Alaska. So dress warm. Yeah. It's another Thursday, so y'all already know. Welcome to That's Law. That's Law with Attorney Durante Partridge. Of course, I am Attorney Durante Partridge. Welcome back, y'all. Thank you to the good people over at Just Eldridge Media. They saw fit to bring me back again, y'all. I don't know what we're doing right, but we're doing something. So we're going to keep working at it, chipping at it. That, that sound bite, man, with Scarface, it gets me every time. I was just watching Scarface the other night and remember that it, it just sparked some interest, man. I couldn't wait to get back in and record this podcast for y'all, man. But today we got a crazy, crazy, insane, another great podcast in store for y'all. Uh, today we're going to talk to our music artists. Um, so please get your pads, get your pens, however you take notes, get ready to take some notes because we got a good one for you today. Uh, it's a celebration. It's a celebration. But before we get into this, I have to give my disclaimer. Of course, I'm a lawyer. I have to protect myself at all times. Uh, so with that being said, the content and the, it, the information you're about to hear is for educational and or entertainment purposes only. This is not legal advice. Please do not construe it as legal advice. I am not your lawyer. But if you need to hire a lawyer, hit me up and reach out and we can definitely do the business and get that squared away. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Um, I got some great news uh, earlier this week and, and and I'm sure you guys got it as well. So, so yeah, y'all, we can stream Anita Baker again. We can get our houses cleaned up like we used to, man. Y'all know how y'all do on Saturdays. Wake up first thing in the morning, put Rapture on, and just get that whole thing cleaned up before the album's over with, man. We are back streaming Aunt Anita, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited about that. But if you have not heard or if you've been under a rock, she got her master's back, and we're just excited to talk about that today. Not only Anita getting or Miss Baker getting her master's back, Pardon me, auntie, I'm sorry. Um, but just talking about masters in general, because I think it's important for artists, for you guys to know just what are masters? Y'all hear it. Y'all hear it. I'm about to go put some fabuloso on something now, man, and clean up. But we 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 back, we streaming Anita Baker, man, and she got her masters back, but what what are we talking about when we talk about masters? So we'll we'll get into that a little bit. I also want to talk about um, when we talk about masters, you have to talk about some copyright law. Is they go hand in hand, uh, very important. So we got to talk about that as well. Uh, I also want to talk about record deals. Uh, just touch on those those just a little bit as it relates to your masters um, and, and just some of the record deals that are out there and, and what it can mean for you and, and your masters. Um, so, you know, without further ado, let's get into that. Um, so what are your masters? 
And essentially, just in a nutshell, to be very straightforward and, and, and you know, not too technical and give you all these legalese or whatever. But your masters are basically when you go into the recording booth and create a song, that song that you recorded, that's your master. It's the original. It's the original song that you recorded. Uh, it's the song when they distribute your music on the various streaming platforms. It's Those are copies of that original song. So the masters is, in a nutshell, again, the song that you recorded, the original song that you recorded when you were in the studio. That's it. So it's not rocket science. It's not anything that's you know over the top that you guys have to really know about what are the masters, but it's important to know your rights as it relates to your masters, right? So that's where we start to get into a little bit of the copyright law. But let's talk about, before we get into the copyright stuff, the importance of owning your own masters and, you know, the things that you can kind of do with your masters and, and stuff like that. So if you guys recall, a couple of years ago, Taylor Swift was in this big fight uh, over her masters. And just, you know, to run down that situation a little bit, uh, her former manager, Scooter Braun, you would probably think my manager is Scooter Braun, yeah. bought her masters. And we're talking about her first five albums. So if you are a Taylor Swift fan or if you know anything about record sales, then we know that Taylor went nuts as far as record sales uh, on those first five albums. So Scooter brought the masters as it relates to those and flipped them. Taylor tried to buy him, but she just wasn't bringing enough cash to him. So he flipped him, uh, made about 300 mil, 300 million Damn. off of her masters. And uh, what, what happened as a result of that is Taylor has now resulted to re-recording those songs to re-release those albums, which is crazy because now she has to go back. Her voice has changed. She's matured, all that good stuff, but she has to go back and re-record and re-release so that she can make that money and, and control the masters as it relates specifically to those re-recordings. Not the old stuff, but the re-recording of those uh, old songs. So when we talk about masters and why would she go back and re-record, we have to understand that, again, the masters are those original songs that you record that the copies are based on. So if you are in a record deal in most situations, the record label owns your masters. And what does that mean from a monetary standpoint? Because masters is just one way that you can make money in the music industry. But what it means from that perspective is basically I can control how you put out the music, how you license the music maybe to be used in a commercial, uh, whether or not you can sing the songs on stage, which was one of the issues with Taylor Swift. She couldn't, she didn't have any control over that. If she wanted to sing some of those songs, she would have to do a split with the master owner in order to even sing some of that stuff, you know, some of her older stuff. So that that's important as well. So it's really important to kind of know what you can do with the masters, what are the masters all about, and just the importance and why the record label typically wants you to sign over your masters when you're getting into a, a record deal or recording contract, if you will. So that's, that's uh, very important to know, very key. Hope you guys took notes as it relates to that, just what and how money can be made. So when we transition, you know, kind of into the, I guess, meat and potatoes, or if you will, the law, surrounding the masters, we have to look at the copyright law. 
So traditionally, or I guess more widespread today because a lot of music is being made today, we're looking at the copyright law from the perspective of post-1978. And what does that mean as it relates to copyright? Who, you know, as far as the ownership, you know, of the masters and the copyright. And typically, or not typically, but the law says that the life of the copyright is the life of the owner plus 70 years. So if I live to be <laughs> 70 years old, then another 70 years, my rights are still, my copyright rights and my masters are still valid and there, which is, which is great because what could happen in situations where you own your masters and even in some situations where the label on your masters and we'll talk about reversionary rights uh, shortly, but if you have a copyright for that long, then it allows for generations to eat off of the work that you put in uh, as it relates to your music. So very important that you know that and just kind of have that basic understanding as it relates to the life of a copyright. Uh, and then I, I alluded to reversionary rights with regard to copyright. So this is a situation whereby you sign a recording deal and, um, you know, similar to Anita Baker, you know, a lot of her music that she put out and that she was able to uh, get her masters back to recently, she recorded this stuff in the late 80s, early 90s. So with your reversion rights, basically, what that says is, you know, you're the if you sign a deal with a label and, for instance, you give the label ownership of the masters, then 35 years after the expiration of that contract, the copyright terminates or the you are signing the copyright uh, to the label terminates and it reverts back to you and your ownership. So in some situations, when you're doing label deals, and we'll talk about this a little bit uh, more in depth later, but you just want to be uh, very specific and pay attention to whether or not you're giving up the full copyright, so that life plus 70, or if you're just giving up, you know, just the general copyright, you know, for now with the reversionary rights to receive your copyright back uh, after 35 years from the expiration of the contract. So just being very specific and clear about that. So that's why it's important to have a lawyer, to have somebody look over your contracts before you enter into these deals so that you can understand what it means. So that's that. So when we talk about record deals and masters, Again, that's, you know, what we've been talking about. What does that mean? What does that look like? In some situations in record deals that I've seen, um, you have situations where the label is bringing on the artist, giving the artist some sort of advance, which is, you know, in some situations could be beneficial. In some it's not. Depends. Um, but nonetheless, in exchange for that advance and the record label helping the artist to promote, you know, and basically amplify the artist, the artist is giving rights to the label of their masters. So when a licensing deal comes and music, you know, is placed in a movie and things like that, yeah, the artist will get some money from a publishing aspect, but as it relates to, you know, some of the licensing fees and, you know, things along those lines, typically that's going to be the label. The label is going to get that money. And then also, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, masters and just maneuvering masters. So, for instance, 
going back to that Taylor Swift example with Scooter Braun, if we have a record label that is now, you know, out of business or they're going out of business, you know, they can negotiate in some situations if they have a great artist or an artist that has sold a lot of records, they can negotiate the selling of that artist's catalog to another label to kind of stay afloat to get money. So it's, it's more of a, labels look at it more from a business perspective in, in most situations. So it's very important to just really understand what that contract says, you know, what is in it for you with regard to your rights, and is the advance and what their label is doing for you uh, adequate, you know, as it relates to you giving up your rights and, and just kind of betting on yourself and just going back to that concept of believing in you uh, as far as what your music will do and, and how many records you will sell and things like that. Um, so, you know, it's not to, to bad mouth, I guess, the record labels because the record labels are a business. Uh, I, I think it's, it's very straightforward, you know, as it relates to that. And, and if artists would approach the business in that way with the business mentality as opposed to approaching it, you know, from a, a standpoint of being opportunistic, I think we'll, you know, kind of round it out a little bit and, and have a better understanding as to what we're getting into and things like that. But a lot of people, you know, don't pay attention to it. You know, they hear a, a large sum of money that they've not made before in life, but doesn't know or don't necessarily understand the ramifications for the long term as it relates to entering into these agreements. So, you know, Kanye's done it. Uh, at, at one point, you know, Jay-Z, and we touched on this with the whole Rockefeller piece, you know, they've signed deals where their masters maybe were negotiated, you know, in that or a part of that deal. Uh, we've heard Taylor Swift. And, you know, these are very powerful artists as well. So these are not, you know, small people, but everyone starts from somewhere. So it's more common than not. So, again, it's not to bash the label, but it's to, you know, basically better inform you guys as to what to look for and whether or not it's right for you. Uh, because there's, there are other type of deals now that are a lot more prevalent and a lot of people are going in this direction. We're talking about licensing deals. Now, we touched on licensing deals a little bit before uh, in this conversation as it relates to licensing to music. I'm sorry, your music to movies and commercials and things like that. But if you have a body of work that you've created, you can also license that work to the label and the label can have temporary rights as it relates to the the music to maneuver the music and move it about as they see fit. Um, you can also get into a, a distribution deal, uh, but don't want to get too deep into that. Uh, but just focusing on the licensing deal, but it, it creates more of a short term or temporary move where the artist will get their rights back in full a lot sooner than that 35 year uh, time period. So for instance, you know, if we have Anita Baker who signed, you know, let's say she signed a, a licensing deal uh, with, with Arista back in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s that, you know, only ran for about 10 years, then she would have gotten her master's back a long time ago, which she then could have used to, you know, engage with another label or, you know, sell her master's to a third party to make money that way. Uh, sort of like how we've seen with Bob Dylan, who recently sold his master's, right? Uh, Lil Wayne sold a portion of his master's, his ownership in his master's as well. And I believe Lil Wayne made $151 million as opposed to that. And we heard Scooter Braun, you know, $300 million. So just imagine if you, you know, put in the work, 
and grow your catalog and, and your career to a certain extent or to a certain place or plateau where you're able to then say, you know what, I want to take a break from music and I just want to, you know, negotiate my masters elsewhere or do a licensing deal or, or sell them. You have the flexibility to, to do that. But if you're in a record deal in most situations and you don't own your masters, then you're kind of stuck in those situations. So you just want to make sure that you know what you're doing and understand what you're getting into when you're signing a deal because record deals do work for some people because, you know, would we have, heard of a Taylor Swift, you know, probably, you know, but maybe it takes her a little bit longer to get to that plateau where she's just this international superstar. And I I think for the modern artist today, you guys have to be in a position where you be, where you're patient, a little bit more patient as it relates to the process of getting to where you want to be, you know, and, and not to, get into that too much or whatever with regard to fame and all of that good stuff or whatever. And, and just what comes with that, but you know, bet on yourself, be in a position where you understand the industry and you understand the ramifications of deals that you enter into and be in a position where you can bet on yourself and, you know, push your own music until you get to a certain level where you can negotiate, you know, how that looks for you. Um, I think along the lines of, of like a, for, for rappers, you know, you have Young Dolph, who for a long time was independent and, you know, owned all of his stuff, cause, could drop music whenever he felt like it. But he got to a certain place and decided he wanted to sign with the major and it kind of slowed up. So now he has to work with the label and drop when they want him to drop. Now, again, I don't know if he signed over his rights to his masters and things like that. But when you take on that partnership, with the label, you have to be mindful of that moving forward. So, you know, that's that's pretty much, you know, what this episode is in a nutshell, you know, just kind of understanding what you bring to the table with regard to your masters and, you know, the long-term effects with signing a deal or not signing a deal and, you know, being able to maneuver your masters as you see fit. So, yeah. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a question if we have one. Keith, do we have a question this week? Oh my God! Oh my God! I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Can I make a phone call to my lawyer? That sound good. I want to check with my attorney. Don't read me no charges. Call my lawyer. I said I need a lawyer. All right, all right, all right. Yo. we back at it. Um, this question comes from our Twitterverse family, our Twitterverse family. Um, I am, what you say? I am young rap CEO. So he asked, um, kind of piggybacking off the master's question, Mm. right? And you kind of said it during the episode. Um, if a label owns my masters, can I re-record my whole album and own those masters? And I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but yeah. this is a little bit more specific. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just I did touch on it when I gave that Taylor Swift example. Uh, but, yeah, you you can essentially do that and re-release uh, those masters. What you run into in some situations, you have to be mindful of whether or not you had 
writers and then who owns the beat as it relates to that as well. So not only is it, you know, just taking into consideration the master's piece, um, but it's, it's also those other components as well. So let's say, for instance, you signed over your master's with a record deal that you did and the label put you in the studio with, you know, Pharrell or, you know, whoever the hottest producers are and they pay that money uh, for those beats, then you have to be mindful of that as well, whether or not legally you're able to recreate that music and put it out. Uh, but typically, you know, this is going to be similar to that. I hate to say it's similar to that of a remix, basically, but you're, you're basically just remaking the sound recording is what it boils down, boils down to uh, as it relates to masters and, and essentially generating a new master as it relates to songs. So maybe it doesn't have that same vibe or feel as the original, uh, but you are able to do that, but you have to be mindful of those other rights. Speaking the same vibe or feel, because uh, shout out Joe Button, you know, on their podcast, like lately they've been having this segment uh, where they are playing the remakes. Yeah. And those remakes don't sound the same. No. Now, they, they played one recently, the Secret Garden one, that didn't sound bad, but everyone I've heard, it never really sounds good. But so artists are doing that because they can't own the original. And they probably got access to the beat because the beat probably is made by the home or they made it themselves. Right. And they just remake it, resing it, mm -hmm. put it on the streaming platforms. But what keeps, how do you know, like, how does the streaming platform know, okay, we'll take this version over that version? It's just, it's really about who's uploading it or who's putting it up there, basically. So if the label, um, and I, I think we've seen this with a lot of, older or legacy artists, let me say it that way, where a label maybe is defunct or we're not sure who owns the masters or where the masters are. So the music is just not up on streaming platforms. So a lot of those older artists are remaking their songs, you know, putting them up to try to take advantage of the streaming money because that's where everyone is at this point. Um, you know, so it just really, it really depends on who's uploading the music basically. Um, with, with streaming, there are a ton of, you know, small or independent distributors, um, you know, where you can just pay a fee, you know, to upload your song and they'll put it up on whatever platform. So it's not necessarily the platform making that choice to align it a certain way or to accept it or deny it. But, you know, if you go through that process of remaking and, for instance, you do business with a TuneCore, you pay your $14.00. Um, you know, whatever the, the monthly membership fee is to upload the music and put it up, then you're able to do that um, without issue. And, you know, it's it's aligned accordingly as it relates to the uh, streaming, specific streaming platform. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's another episode in the books, man. Um, I think this was a good one. I'm, I'm about to go home and listen to some Anita Baker. I don't have anything to clean tonight, but I just I just love the Rapture album, y'all. I saw a meme on Facebook uh, talking about if men, if you could sing one song or you, whatever, you sing in your car, you, you ride and vibe into a uh, song by a woman, what song would it be? And I, I chose a Michelle Branch song, but I think I'm gonna change my answer, man, because it definitely would be Body and Soul by Anita Baker, but... Uh, I'm about to go sing that one tonight, man. So, um, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys learned a little bit, took some good notes. Of course, if you need us, uh, give us a shout. 
and, and let us know. Tap in. Let's let's do business. Let's work. Because uh, this is all about y'all, man, this podcast. So thank you for checking us out. Thank you for for being on with us on this journey another Thursday. That's Law Thursday. We appreciate it. But remember, when it comes to your masters and who owns them, it's not about facts. It's not about opinions. It's about law. That's law. Peace, y'all.